Welcome to the sixth episode of Your Time in the Run, the Hunted Podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is my fellow Brit who always has his GoPro harness ready at any time, Anthony Williams. Good evening. And the Australian who we know is in charge, Michelle Pierce Denovan. <laughs> Hello. And also hates her family. Right. I have to mention it in every intro now, Michelle. It's a fan favourite. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Have you got statistics on that? Well, it's a fugitive favourite. <laughs> right. I don't think um, Lee has um, ever said that's a great thing. Maybe not to you, but he has to me. I do not believe it. Everyone loves the fact that we badger you about hating your family, Michelle. No, they don't. They do. You, do. you have no stats on this. You have no quotes. You have no voice grabs. A hundred percent of people who podcast with you agree that it is the, the funniest part of the podcast. No, you see, Anthony doesn't think that's funny. Um, He's I'm on my side. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I don't have to tell you. I have to let you in, but I don't have to tell you anything. See, that's the tactic. None of this, oh, I'll tell you everything bullshit. No. Just get straight to the point and say, I don't have to tell you anything. And we've already had a swear. This evening's going to be fun. So another fun episode. Yeah, it was It was fun. It was not at the level of last week, um, but it was good fun. Yeah, this was the first time that I was sort of not spoiled on who went before I actually watched it. But I had an inkling as soon as we got everything from David and Emily this week. Yeah, I was spoiled, unfortunately, but um, I was going to ask that. Could you see it coming? A hundred percent. Yeah, because it's hard to tell when you've been spoiled, isn't it? But it felt like within about two or three minutes, I was like, well, yeah, you can see how this is going to pan out. But I figured that was kind of me already knowing they were going. Yeah, it wasn't the most subtle of edits. No. And it, it does feel like it's a little bit retaliation for my slightly coarser language on the editing last week. <laughs> because in case you haven't noticed, production just listened to us and tailored the show around us. It certainly seems that way. They do an amazing job, don't they, of editing it in, what, two two days a week it takes them. They listen to the podcast, re-edit the whole thing, turn it out, and just basically uh, take it from our playbook. It's good. I think it was harder for them in the first couple of weeks where they didn't know what we would want from them, but as it gets later <laughs> into the season, they're more used to the sort of scenes that we want. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we haven't got to the the bit where someone mouths fuck off at the camera like they did on Saturday Night Takeaway this week, but we're getting there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, this is America. They don't do that sort of stuff. This was on live television earlier this evening, Michelle. What? Someone won a trip to Disneyland, and they didn't know there was a camera chained on them and mouthed the words fuck off. Oh, is this in England? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it was only Ant and Deck. It's not like they've got form for having problems with live TV shows, eh? It's not like it's one of the most watched programmes in the country. What are they? What, what show was it? Saturday Night Takeaway. Is that their new show, Ant and Deck's new show? No, it's been on for, what, 13 series now, something like that? Wow. Yeah. Is, is that the only show they do? Well, they do I'm a Celebrity, they do Britain's Got Talent. Oh, my God. Why do they do so many shows? Don't they have anyone else of consequence over there who can do a show nope because itv have spent a lot of money on keeping them on itv they've won national television awards 16 years running they have they are the most why would you have the same people comparing multiple shows like one or two but what did you just say like four shows they're doing yeah easily wow 
Yeah, not at the same time. So the, there were some clues dropped about next week, this week. I don't know if you picked up on the subtle hint of them using our term of hunt zone. Yeah, I, that was really, really bizarre, because I sent you a message in the week, didn't I, saying, is hunt zone something that we made up? And we're like, yep, yep, definitely us. And then they said it, I think, two or three times on this episode. And, I, and I've never noticed it before. Now, it could be that I've just never noticed it before, and I was aware of it, but that was really odd. And I did a little bit of a squee when I heard that there might be a seaplane extraction. Yay. <laughs> I've been talking about it for a year. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually going to be planes involved. That's awesome. So, mm-hmm. that, so that means they're not only listening to this podcast, they must have listened to the last one, because I'm pretty sure we said that would be the best way of taking it to the next level. We did indeed. But why extraction? I mean, they're going to a safety deposit box. It's not as though they're leaving, like, UK series. Unless they do the seaplane extraction out to a location that's out of the hunt zone, where they can then get off on a pier and go to the bank and get it out. Or it's the other way around. Maybe they've got to get to a bank and then get away with the cash. So they could still get caught with the cash in hand. That would be harsh, wouldn't it? Let's be perfectly honest. At least one of these teams is making it nowhere near the final extraction. And it's probably going to be dead in about 10 minutes of the next episode. I'd have thought that is highly likely. Mm. Given that they are still on about day 12. Mm -hmm. Otherwise there's going to be some serious fast-forwarding going on next week. Yeah. So they're going to get caught in about 10 minutes and then it's going to be a two-hander between Arafin Imad and Leon Hilmar as to which all-male team is going to win. Yeah. I wonder why they decided, because David has lasted longer than English, why they decided to get rid of them this week. Just there would have been too much content for the last week? Yeah. And also I think that maybe they're setting up a more routable final capture before they go for Arafin Imad, probably at the last minute. They wouldn't have been able to have two disappointing captures in the final episode. Yeah, there wasn't much to it, was there, really? I Please. think Arif and Imad are going to win. I think there's going to be two winners. You know, I've, I've always felt like there was going to be two winners, but we we didn't feel like they were going to get that winner edit. Right. And, and I'm still not convinced they've really got one this week. They've still got the plucky try-hard team edit that feels like they're just going to be so unlucky not to win and everybody's going to wish they did, but... Maybe they do. Maybe they get it. I can't see them winning still. As much as I would love them to win. You never have seen them winning. No. No. Whereas I'm on and off, on and off. They could. No, they might not. Oh, they could. No. I mean, it would be a sort of atypical winner edit. But I said that about IO as well, remember? Yeah, that's true. It'd yeah, be an atypical winner's edit in a different vein to IO. If they did manage to pull it out of the bag somehow... I just can't see it happening. No. Especially when Command know the tactic they're using. The only way it can be done is if somehow they pull off a uh, triumph over adversity, hard work wins the game, you don't have to have a clever plan, you just have to work and try really hard. But it feels a bit unsatisfying. I'm still, no. I, I don't feel like we'd have seen what we've seen of them if they won. The only thing going for them winning is the fact that we've not seen any episode with two captures yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm counting, in that way, I'm counting the two hours of the two-hour episode separately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've not seen a double capture in an episode, in a single-length episode. But we've not seen a finale. Mm. And also, this would set the record for the number of captures in a finale. Mm-hmm. Just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. 
If there were two. If there were two, yeah. Mm. So I still am leaning towards Pennywise and Henry VIII are going to get caught probably about seven minutes into the episode. Everything will make Seven it. minutes, <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> so t- about ten minutes. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be watching next week and looking at the count. Should we have a sweepstakes on how many minutes yeah, it takes? Yes. Should we have a spread yes. bet on it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going long. Well, yeah, ah, oh, you snatched it from me. I will go, I'll go even longer. I will go 14 minutes. Ooh, gutsy move. <laughs> that is. And then sort of the last 30, 35 minutes will be Avenue Madden Lee and Hilmar probably getting the information that they need for the extraction a week later. Yep. And then. Lee and Hilmar will get away, and Arafin and Mound will not. And I think it will be super tense all the way in from there. And I think Sherlock will probably run to try and capture one of them themselves, because he seems to love to do that in the finales. Yeah, that is his uh, special move. You'll have to get changed. Yeah. (laughs) Into, I'm going to guess, a white t-shirt and jeans, because that's what he always wears when he's out of that suit. Yeah, that's it. We've got to move quick. But first, I must change. Yeah, get the jeans on. Where's his, like, Superman phone box to get changed in? <laughs> <laughs> so previously, David and Emily slipped the hunter's grasp as they searched the wrong deserted cabin in the woods while the couple fled in a car that her pyromaniac ex-boyfriend lent them, and the episode ended with Control identifying the car. And the hunt continues now. So the hunt continues after Control identify the car. I've just realised that I've put control instead of command, because I was obviously thinking about spies too much. (laughs) Uh, And command have them cornered, apparently. Yeah, and even this early in the episode, it doesn't look like they're going to get away with that. No, it's the long, slow, ironically a car crash that is going to lead to David and Emily getting captured. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it would have worked to go to the gated community. I don't know, they'd have had to have a bit of distance, wouldn't they? Because otherwise they'd just sit and wait, I guess. It wouldn't, for one very good reason. They have to move every 48 hours. Not just that. The fact that the rule has come out this week that you can't use the same person as help twice. Oh, Oh, what's this now? David and Emily did an interview post-capture on Thursday, I believe it was, where they clarified a few of the rules. And I was going to get into this a little bit later in the episode, but we might as well do it now. Um, so some of the interesting rules, courtesy of Reality Blurred, who hate the series, but, you know, actually get some good information out of them. Um, so their burner phones came from about 30 that friends bought them. 30? Yeah, they had about 30 in total. At wow. which point uh, production actually changed the rules to say there was a maximum value on what gifts there could be. Uh, you can't visit an ATM more than once in a day. Uh, you have to use the ATM at least twice during the competition. And you got you can only draw out $100 at a time. Uh, you can't be helped by the same person twice. You cannot return to the same place twice. And no one can give the team's money. Mm. Place, as in where? As in, like, like, the same person's house, for example. Oh, right, person's yeah. house. But if you're, in the, if you're in the forest, yeah, you could return to a different part of the forest. Yeah, but, like, Brad was in the first episode. So they wouldn't have been able to use him, him again. And they wouldn't have been able to go back to his house again. Right. That is interesting. So that does explain a lot of the decisions. It does. And I'd never really thought about the money thing. But it makes sense that you can't take money from people. Mm. 
Okay. This is the official confirmation that there is this money ruling, because we've sort of assumed for years now that it is. Mm-hmm. I wonder why they have that you can't return to the same place. Is it just because, you know, if the hunters have tried to get them there, then they can just definitely cross it off the list and they don't have to go back there? It just seems a bit weird that that one's there. I think it's more to stop people just using the same two people over and over and over again. Because if you're looking at it objectively, if you've got to move every five miles every 48 hours, you get two friends five miles apart and swap every two days. Yeah, it'd be pretty dumb. Yeah, but if you do that, I mean, it would be easier for the hunters to get you, wouldn't they? Wouldn't it? I mean... Assuming the hunters knew of these friends. Right. Because you wouldn't need to get food, you wouldn't need to get the money out if you could just stay in the same two mm. spots. But that's why. They didn't have, didn't have that in the UK one, did they? I'm assuming it was an unspoken rule in the UK one. Yeah, I can't think of where anybody would have broken that rule. Uh, because it, in the precursors to Hunted, Wanted, there was that same rule that you couldn't return to the same 10 mile by 10 mile square after you yeah, left it. There was. Hmm. Which I'm showing, I'm showing my game show nerdiness here, but... Yeah, no, I think, I think we discussed that and we assumed that it would follow the same logic. Yeah. We've never had it explicitly confirmed, but... We sort of assumed that that would be there purely because it's a TV decision. You don't want the boring television from a show like Hunted. You want no. to be on the edge of your seats, just going, "Oh, I can't believe they're nearly getting captured." Yeah, and it forces them to keep going to more and more unfamiliar locations and working with strangers, doesn't it? As well. Yeah, and to be fair to the editors, I was a little bit on the edge of my seat and I was worried that my Lee and Hilmar prediction would come false. I was getting a bit worried for them at one point in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was quite quite well edited this week, their, their story. I think David and Emily was pretty telegraphed. But. Yeah, it was the complete antithesis to David and Emily's story. It was subtly edited and actually made me very worried for my favourite team. <laughs> I wasn't worried, but I can see where you're coming from. Don't get me wrong, I'm still 100 million percent sure that they're going to win, and they're going to win in style. And it's blatantly obvious that the editors love them. Yeah, that that is definitely true. They're getting a great edit. Probably because, like Sierra Easton, they are fans of big moves. They are. Mm. And they would vote out their own mom. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> she <laughs> definitely. voted out her mom! No doubt about that one. I'm going to get so annoyed at that in two weeks, by the way. I want her out first. I want Queen Achanga to just take her out, just to annoy Probst. Not going to happen. Tears. <laughs> I'm less worried for Sandra now from all the pre-game stuff. Cause, really? Yeah, only about three, four people have actually put her as their most preferred first boot option. Which is ridiculous. She's won $2 million. God, I can't wait till it starts. Can't wait for it. Mm. And worryingly, I'm, I'm warming to Brad Culpepper. Yeah, that is worrying. You need to sort that out, mate. Because he seems to actually have quite a good sense of humour. <laughs> Now, I wanted to ask you a question. Have you guys ever slept in a car? I have, yes. So have I. It's not comfortable. It's a nightmare. It's not overnight. Yeah, I have. I have overnight. Yeah, it gets really, really cold and they're very, very uncomfortable. Yes. So cold in there. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was the worst night of my life. And when I saw them, when, when they showed the seat in... David and Emily's car of where they lay down. I just had flashbacks of horror 
when I once did it. It was just awful. Michelle, I thought the worst night of your life was the first night that your child was born. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, I've got to deal with this now. Well, look, you know what? You know what? I could give you the whole childbirth story, and then you'd probably think, yeah, that was pretty much hell. Would you like it, Michael? You probably wouldn't like it. You'd probably run screaming down the street right now. The point of this conversation is that you wouldn't like it either. <laughs> no, I didn't like it. It was awful. See, that proves it. Michelle hates her family. Childbirth was shocking. Worst night of my life. Until she was born. And then it was happiness. I'm going to miss these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we've oh, only got one more you. podcast after this. Only oh. one more opportunity to badger Michelle <laughs> about her hatred of her oh, family yeah. before she flies out to go and play Australian Survivor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's not happening. I mean, the, the auditions are already started. Yeah, I but until, until the final um, round, you don't have to worry oh. about it. Obviously, they're, they're saving oh, you to oh. the end because, okay. you know, they're going to make you go through loads of, yeah, you'll be fine. I had two strange Melbourne phone calls last week, but I don't know where they were from. Melbourne. Duh. <laughs> yeah, uh, ha, but who? But but granted, if they're casting, they usually leave a message because I've had that before. You don't know how much joy it would bring me to hear that you'd had a call back. <laughs> well, I haven't, so there you go. Yet. Thinking about Hunted Australia, actually. They what... can't have it. It's impossible. There's not enough cameras. What if they didn't do it in Australia? Mm. Because I floated this idea as a sort of later season version of the UK one that you just ship them off to Europe or wherever. Like you guys do, um, I'm a celebrity in Australia. Yeah. What if you send the Australians to the US or send them to another country that has good infrastructure for this sort of thing? It'd be really difficult though, wouldn't it? How are they going to do any kind of investigation on you because you've got no contacts, you've got no network? If I went to England, I'd have plenty over there. Exactly, but if you use the UK, for example, you'd have probably quite a lot of people with family members, and they would be much more likely to turn to family members, for example. They'd probably only Um, cast people who did have connections over there. Yeah, so so then we could spend the whole series going, and conveniently, they've got an auntie who lives in England. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the worst idea, and it's the sort of thing Australia would probably do. Because it does answer the question of how on earth you would do Hunted in Australia. Michelle has some podcasting people over there. Anthony's long-lost cousin lives in Nottingham. <laughs> Let's go there. <laughs> I do have cousins in Nottingham. Even oh, really? Me. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the, um, the response that the ground teams would get off me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dump me in. You've already said that before. I wouldn't even go for any of your contacts, Michael. You're a shocker. It would only be Anthony. <laughs> yeah, $150, that's fine. Even if it would be in funny money. Oh, God. Be in laminated notes. Yep. So back to David and Emily, finally. <laughs> this is going to turn into a two-hour podcast again somehow. I thought we'd moved on from them. They only had the little scene in the uh, car. I do love it when it's we start quick. off by saying, I've not got many notes this week. <laughs> 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 the worrying thing is, the, the podcasts with the least notes tend to be the ones that go longest. Because we just talk about random shit. Subconsciously, we're like, gotta fill the content. <laughs> so, David and Emily uh, are heading back to Alabama because they have loads of resources there. 
which control will know about. Massive red flag. Yeah, once they start saying, we've got lots of contacts, at this stage in the game, you're now thinking, so they obviously will know about them then because you've been on the run too long to be using people you know. You can use people you know for about three days and then they're going to have all of your contacts exposed. It's just a bit daft. In an episode full of stupid decisions, this is up there. Yeah. There is one more that is even better, but this is up there of going, oh yeah, we're going to travel on the motorway in a car that they will probably have seen, if not identified by now, going past loads of cameras, heading towards people they know we know. And they really laid that on thick, didn't they? The whole. I can't that. I don't understand why he didn't think about the car. If they found Blaze's blaze and all his all the information about him obviously you get that blaze took out this car i don't understand because david has been meticulous in thinking things through i i it doesn't chill with me i feel like there's something wrong there no same yeah why is he not twigged onto this i don't get that either the only reason that i can think of them thinking they'll get away with it and not have the car ID'd is because the hunters are probably way more distracted by Blaze's extracurricular activities. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. The fact that they looked through the window of a cabin and saw it covered in plastic sheeting. Yeah, Yeah, there is that. (laughs) Maybe that's where all the the other teams are. Maybe that's what um, Team Hotel are up to and Team India. (laughs) Team Golf, who've just disappeared for weeks on end. No, it's the sequester location where they take all the captured teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Sherlock hopes that David and Emily aren't thinking straight, and his prediction basically comes true, because they get very panicky by the fact that they were 30 seconds away from getting caught. Yeah, and leaving in the car that is linked to the person who they've just been talking to. But, yeah, okay. Are we still on David and Emily? Yes. Like, yeah. seriously? Michelle, you need to stop derailing the conversation. My you have God. a terrible habit of this. And then Araf and Iman go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on to uh, Araf and Imad now. So they retrieved money to pay a debt and secured a ride out of town, but command identified them at a mosque and sent India in to investigate. And again, we get a helpful stranger. And uh, good old Mohammed at the mosque tells them everything they want to know. Which we said wouldn't happen, didn't we? We said last week that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And can't trust anybody. But he was there when they were there. I mean, he would have known it was a competition, so why did he do it? Who knows, Michelle? You can't rely on anybody in this game. It's slightly interesting that, that we didn't see this last week because this was a little bit backtracky yeah. from last week. So why did they hold this off? is my question. Why did they hold off on it last week and put it into this week's episode when actually it could have been a good end to their story last week? Um, Good question. I don't know. Ask the editors. I'm not sure. Not sure why they they held it. But you're right, it's part of the same sequence, isn't it, as last week? Uh, And it doesn't really give that much away that they were holding back because it's a big reveal, really. Um, My my guess would be because they don't have a lot else to talk about. With these guys? That's the only thing I can think of. Because it's just weird that we've had five episodes of them not backtracking at all. And then we get this one that is 
quite a major backtrack of a major scene from the last episode. Mm. They don't seem to get an awful lot closer during the episode, so maybe they've just got to use what they've got. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so, Arif's bald little secret is also revealed. <laughs> and Command get the getaway driver's license plate from the ridiculous amount of zooming that definitely isn't fake at all. It's fine, oh. they just borrow the CSI equipment, don't worry. It's almost like Gold Command confirmed it once, that yeah. they confirmed that that was the correct car. Yeah. We've spotted a blue car, can we have the license plate? Mm, where did you see this blue car? At a mosque? Uh, go on then. That'll do. Oh. And uh, the getaway driver's, uh, a man's phone, gets monitored just as we see our reviews. Yeah, and there is a, a good bit of... Um, deductive work here isn't it that they've spotted this pattern of strangers handing on to strangers so they just need to find one person and see where it goes next it's a good move they've really narrowed in on them yeah kudos to command for actually getting on the right lines yeah i'm very impressed yeah it's pretty good that they managed to get all the way to sam huff who's basically a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend that's pretty good guy that's crazy and dare I say it, I think US Command is better than the UK one at actually finding these fugitives. They seem to be, don't they? They seem to be digging a lot deeper. I don't know whether it's just the edit, but they actually seem a lot better at doing it. I think the edit is something to do with it, because we're, we're being led to believe that these are more rootable, aren't we? So they're yeah. going to show more of the clever stuff. Yeah. Lex will come after you if you keep going over this. <laughs> You really think Blex actually listens to us? <laughs> I'm pretty sure our terrible impressions of him probably scared him away last series. <laughs> <laughs> so, Arif and Imad end up staying with friends of a friend of a friend of a friend, uh, Sam and Diane. And, correct me if I'm wrong, but are they not characters from Cheers? Yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I know that, given that I was probably about minus 15 when Cheers finished, but Yes, Ted Danson played Sam. Sam, no, Sam Malone. I never watched it. Yeah, I used to watch that. I used to quite like it. I've been past the bar where they allegedly filmed Cheers, which is in Boston, but... It is in Boston. Boston's awesome. I'm now singing the song in my head. Well, welcome to the podcast where everyone knows your name, Michelle. <laughs> so, anyway, the important bit of the podcast now where we gush on how awesome Lee and Hilmar are. So, Lee and Hilmar have hid for three and a bit weeks... They're getting to the last day. That's what the intro about Lee and Hilmar means. It just means, yeah, don't worry about them this episode. They're getting to next episode and they're going to get to day 28. In retaliation for an early season phone call where Alpha spooked Lee's wife Beth, the wolves flew her into the hunt zone under their noses and taunted command with a photo of her on social media with them. Now they're back in Atlanta, where they began. There's no mention of that newspaper again, which... It was such a muted response to it last week. I thought it was because it was coming back this week and they were going to use it to find some clues or something. Mm. But it, they've just completely dropped it. And Lee and Hilmar feel confident as Atlanta will have been thoroughly investigated. And this, of course, is cut from where Command say, oh, why don't we go back to Atlanta? Because we've lost them. Yeah, it's lovely the way they always splice these things together, isn't uh, it? You know, Sherlock going, I wonder if they've gone back to Atlanta. Cut to Lee and Hilmar, we're going back to Atlanta. In case anyone didn't notice, this show is probably more heavily edited than any other CBS reality show. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. 
It is yeah. so carefully edited to try and make the hunters look good. Yeah. And to just to put some suspense into it for the viewers. Because that was the point where I was like, oh, guys, don't get caught, please. I'm rooting for you. Why are you using an American term? Stop doing that. What rooting for? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's spilled over here. We don't use it here. Because rooting means something else here. <laughs> so we say we're going for that team. Who are you going for? How's it going? No, not how's it going. Who are you going for? I go for Lee and Hilmar. Anyway, in Australia, it's bloody Ruto for a team. Stop being American. <laughs> I will not stand for the crap. I'm bloody Ruto for Lee and Hilmar. No! It doesn't work! Stop adding O to things! Oh Tell God. that to your country. <laughs> no, it's it's a Y or an O. Mind you, we have a place, a suburb here called Rooty. Rooty Hill, which is... um. A suburb where people live, but not O. I'm going to Rooty. Actually, you know, we put O on bottle O, which is, what do you call them? Off license, which is a ridiculous term. A bottle O. A bottle O, like the bottle shop. It's called the bottle shop, but we call it the bottle. (laughs) We call it the bottle O. (laughs) What the actual fuck? Tell me, why the hell do you call it an off license? What do you oh. Why? Because I can explain this because oh. this is my industry. Because in in the UK you can have two kinds of licenses to sell alcohol: an on license, which means you can sell it where you can drink it on the premises, and an right. off license, which means you have to take it away from the premises. It's just it's such a long term to say you're going to the bottle shop, the bottle o. To go into the bloody bottle o. Oh God. Could be worse. In Sweden, it's Zistemblaget. Zistemblagen? Zistemblaget. That sounds rude. Mm. There's not many Swedish words I know, but the word for where you can buy beer is one that I do. <laughs> yeah, why does that not surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the only place you can buy beer in Sweden. You can't buy beer in a supermarket. There you go. And they're only oh, open nice. 9 to 5, Monday to Saturday. And let's be honest, the German word for off-license probably is about 50 characters long. Yeah, it probably translates as a building where alcohol can be purchased for the consumption by adults over the age of 18. Shop. (laughs) Why the hell have we got onto this topic? (laughs) Because alcohol isn't even mentioned in the show. It's Uh, you being a massive distraction, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) You claim to be the one who keeps us on track, but you've... You've caused three different distractions now. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. Back Leon to Leon Hilmar, who want to create mass chaos. How good is that? More importantly, who are they staying with? They're staying with Topher. No, they're staying with Chris Topher. Yeah. Utterly ridiculous caption. Just call him Topher, for God's sake. Yeah, you don't really have to explain why he's got a nickname, do you? We, we didn't get, you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> House on Fire, brackets, Blaze, whatever his name is. If if House on Fire was his real name, that's really not working. No, there's no need to explain why he's called Topher. It's there. It doesn't matter. It's inconsequential. I had a rather large giggle at the fact that they decided to explain where Topher came from. Despite the fact that there there is a famous actor, Topher Grace, for example. Everyone knows it's just short for Christopher. Yep. No, I didn't know that. There you go, that's why they had to explain it. 
Michelle, you're an intelligent lady. I think you could have probably worked it out. We obviously do not shorten Christopher in this country, except for Chris. Yeah, it'd be bloody Chris, though. Everyone knows that. It's quite unusual. But I, I know someone who's called Christopher, but we call him Stove. Stove? Yeah. That's different. Same thing, though. It's the same. It's like calling, um, I had a friend in school called Elizabeth, and we used to call her Zab. Uh, Elizabeth. Is, yeah. yeah, it's unusual, like it's different. That's good. Whereas all my friends have insulting nicknames. I'm not surprised. The one that Logan and I are going to meet is either called Ginger or Reesey, because she's a ranger, as the Australians would say. Um, we've got my, my friend whose caravan got stolen, who I nicknamed Kundi, because it's an affectionate, shorter term of the Swahili word for arse. Yeah, we have Froki, which is a shorter version of Frenhawk, after someone misspelt her surname. Yeah, I don't know why all my friends have insulting nicknames. <laughs> Did you give them to them? I'm responsible for Kundi, definitely, because oh, he was being a pain in the arse and trying uh-huh. to speak Swahili to me, so I found out a Swahili insult and made made it my life's mission to make sure that was his nickname. Poor guy. Oh, we called him much worse. We went through a phase of calling him by a different girl's name every day as well. Has anything been done to you, Michael? What has made you this way, hey? <laughs> because his surname is Brayley, we called him Belinda Brails for a while as well. <laughs> and Lee and Hilmar also have another friend who may or may not have tipped the hunters off to their location on Facebook. Who was that? Did I miss that? That was when they were looking through the, the Facebook to try and work out whether Lee and Hilmar had gone back to Atlanta. Oh, yeah, with the, um, oh, right. Josh Whitson, who posted that Chet is looking for somewhere to stay. Oh, yes. Couldn't think of a link from chat to Leo Hilmar, but it might, it might be a complete red hanging. I, I think at this stage, anything they get, they're going to talk about because they've clearly got nothing. Mm. They have it in the words of Jeff Probst, got nothing for you. Got nothing for you. That's it. Head back to camp. Oh, bloody campo, as uh, Jonathan LaFalia says. Uh, no, no, no. And as Michelle will be finding out in a few months. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Call back to two jokes already. <laughs> How cute is it that they call the puppy Buck? <laughs> That's great, isn't it? That was 100% just to wind up the hunters, and I love it. It was I perfect. love it. I've written. I so love them. I'm slightly more reserved than I was last week because I did get a little bit worked up last week about how awesome that move was, which it was. And I know certain people in the hunted camp, mainly Lee, really enjoyed it. I'm going to be slightly more reserved about this move. It was very good, and it was a pure TV move just to wind them up, and I love it. It was. It was very good. It's a pure TV move. If this is not, and I'm taking your role this week, Michael, this is not doxing someone. Get a grip. For Christ's sake, it's a game. They've wound up the hunters on a phone that was supplied to them to do this job. It's not his own phone. You can get rid of the number as soon as they've finished. They shut it down very, very quickly anyway. This is just a game move. If you can't see that it's a really funny wind-up, do not watch this show. There's a questionable morality to it, because I know Craigslist is very good at shutting this sort of shit down, mainly because it is used usually by bitter ex-boyfriends to call their ex-girlfriends sluts. But it's not against the law. It is a very funny move. Sadly, we didn't see too much of it because I would have loved to see the entirety of Command's reactions when 
uh, Griff was getting 300 texts at a time. And in fact, after they had taken it down from Craigslist, he did still get about 300 texts and phone calls, apparently. That's just brilliant. This is funny. And you know what? If, if it was a big deal, number one, it wouldn't be in the show. Number two, Griff wouldn't be taking it as well as he is. So, you know, don't try and give this false indignation. I am specifically talking about one person on Twitter, to be fair. It's just a game. Get over yourself. Is it one person that we know? No, no, just some random random. who's having a go at Lee about it. I saw, I saw, it was on, it was actually on the Facebook page as well, I think. Because someone had put up a definition of, what it was, and it was really late last night, and I'm trying to read it thinking, what is this person on about? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it probably is the same person. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not only is it a hilarious move, but it's also very clever, because if it means that Alpha can't get in, in contact with Control, that's great. Yeah. Huh? Or, or if they just think... It's part of an elaborate plan because it looked like when the first text came in, they were like, "What? Do, what does this mean? Is this a code? What's going on?" <laughs> it was really, really funny. But yeah, but if all it does is just annoys the hell out of them, great because that's going to take their attention away from what they're supposed to be doing, which gives them an edge. But also, I think we'll be talking about this a little bit more next week. But it may have a bigger impact than we expect on next series, both of the UK and the US ones. You think? Yeah, because do you really think that command or that any of the ground teams are going to specifically ring a a person involved with a pair of fugitives anymore? For example, well, it did strike me. I don't know whether I am assuming you can do this in the states as you can over here. Why don't they just dial with the withheld number? Why 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 are they giving away their caller identity? I think they're going to be a lot more careful about that. For example, but also on the fugitive side. I think that more people may go for big moves with a Z just just to make it entertaining. And I'm all for that. Because Survivor, big moves are kind of eh, unless they're against people you don't like. Whereas the rebellious spirit of Brits especially mean that bigger moves from the Fugitives are great TV, even if they don't necessarily work. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we are definitely heading into the area of hashtag big moves in Hunted. It's got to be done this season. Someone's got to go big on taunting Hunters. I am much happier with big moves in Hunted than I am in Survivor. Well, yeah, because it doesn't have the same impact, does it? It's it's, it's a different game. It's not going to blow up your own strategy. So, Lee and Hilmar post Griff's number, which presumably Beth gave him last week, uh, on six different Craigslist listings in order to bombard and confuse command. And one of the listings is for a used bicycle, which is great knowledge from Lee, knowing that that is the most popular item normally on Craigslist. He obviously frequents Craigslist a lot. And also, they have a wolf puppy called Buck. <laughs> That's just hmm. wonderful. Which is pure taunting, because they know that the wolves is Lee and Hilmar's nickname. Oh, yeah, definitely. That is yeah, solid they're... gold taunting, and I love it. There is no doubt, no doubt whatsoever that this has been done by Lee and Hilmar. And, and you know what? If you're going to wind up the Hunters, you should probably make sure they know it's you, right? So anyway, the plan works, and Lenny DePaul looks pissed. I don't think they looked as annoyed as I thought they were going to. From, from the trailer last week, I was really, really looking forward to this. I thought it was going to be hilarious, and uh, I felt like it was all over a bit too quick, really. 
I think there was probably a lot we didn't see. Yeah, and I would have loved to have seen that. I'd love to see more and more of these texts and more phone calls. And I think it would have just been brilliant. They didn't obviously. They didn't want to show us because then it would prove that Lee and Hilma have one up on them, and they didn't want to lose face. No, so they're not going to put it in. We're not getting. Which is sad. I think it does go back to my theory from uh, the first week that actually Americans are a lot more respectful of authority. Yeah, we've not seen anything that makes them look stupid, which was pretty much, we got that every week in the UK. We always got, hence the Sherlock nickname and all the rest of it, you know, they were always made to look like they were on the back foot and that it was all about, let's hope the fugitives make it. That's so different this year. Damn the respect. Make it entertaining. Yeah, it's much more fun when they're idiots. We like that. When they get the dodo edits. Yeah, give the dodo edit to the hunter. It's funny. And Flatcap Charlie is brought back from Mandyville, where he was sent last week, uh, and asked to hunt down the Craigslist account that posted these uh, listings. Yeah, and there's multiple references to tracing the IP address, and that was the slight wobble for me, where I thought, oh, hang on a minute, has this all gone a bit south? But it doesn't seem to lead anywhere, so I'm hoping they've just put that in more as for information that that's what you would do and that they've managed to mask their IP address so they're not going to be able to find them through it. But also, if you, for example, got my IP address, you'd see it's in Oxford. Yeah, uh, and then you'd have to go through your ISP, but you, you can get back to your uh, your node, as it is called. Uh, but I don't think they're going to. I don't think Lee and Hilmar are that daft. I think they will have... Um, that have VPNed or used Tor or something to, just to hide it. Or left. Or, or left, yeah. Or just done it from a random place and not been there for very long. Done it from a McDonald's. Yeah. And back to David and Emily, and understandably they were trying to get as far away from Blaze's murder house as possible. <laughs> yeah, with a head into Alabama. I'm not sure which is safer. That would be so funny if they got away from Blaze only to bump into Deliverance Guy. <laughs> yeah, all I ever heard of the movie Deliverance. <laughs> and they don't have enough petrol in the tank to take the better roads to Alabama. Yeah, which, which they really press home on us, don't they? We're going to be taking the highway, guys. And ironically, taking the better roads to Alabama is the entire plot of the movie Deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good thing they didn't do that. Thank you for setting me up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a deliverance <laughs> reference. And because of ANPR, which we're going to keep calling ANPR, because LPR sounds stupid, sounds like a former president, command, get lots of pinks. Yep. It's because they're travelling down a public highway. Yeah, and uh, at that point, there's just nothing they're going to do. Is they're, they're completely trapped. Although, did you notice that it was Alpha Team that got dispatched to these guys as well? So we've got Alpha Team going after Lee and Hilmar and Alpha Team going after David and Emily. That's probably because Alpha Team had nothing on Lee and Hilmar and David and Emily were caught a lot, lot before Lee and Hilmar were. Yeah, we're talking about five or six days, probably. For Hunted Season 2, I do need a little bit more chronology. Yeah, it is getting tricky. I don't think you'll get it. I'm struggling a little bit with that. I'm also struggling with why there's so many ground teams that just seem to disappear for weeks on end. Yeah, 
I mean, we need to talk about this more next week of what they will change for season two and what effect Lee and Hilmar Wing will have on season two. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Um, but they're going to win. But yeah, I, I think they probably will cut back on the number of ground teams. I think that maybe they'll slightly do it a bit more chronologically because you get episodes like this one and the first one where the same team appears in back-to-back scenes. Mm. Which is a slight issue when you're trying to make the show seem as real as possible. Yeah, it it just gives ammunition to people who are like, oh, this is all rigged, this is all staged, how can they possibly do this? Because they're not being open and transparent with when things are happening. I, I get why they do it. It makes a great narrative because they can totally stage when each capture happens and it all works out beautifully from, from the story point of view. But it just makes it really confusing to follow who's doing what. I wouldn't even be surprised if they turn it into one team per episode. No, you just follow them. It's too boring. It might be. Yeah, you'd have to have a lot going on, I think. Or at least do it in the UK style of introducing everyone in the first episode and doing a little bit of everyone in the first episode, making it a a more feature-length one like they did. But introduce everyone and then have have it go back to like two, three, four teams per episode. Mm. I, I thought it worked fine in the UK this year with them all starting on the same date because then they just had to keep referencing it, didn't they? Because we knew mm. that they'd all started on the same day. And also we sort of saw everyone escape from the start location in different ways on the same episode. So we we already had an idea of how awesome Nick was, for example, mm-hmm. and how Io and Maddie were going to split up immediately. Yeah, it was good. I, th- I thought the first episode was fa- fantastic this year. Um, I would, yeah. Well, let's talk about this more like next week when there's uh, when there's more of an opportunity. Strap in, Michelle. It's going to be a long one next week, regardless of what happens. And finally, we get some Pennywise and Henry VIII, and they escaped while on holiday and were stuck in a storm. Henry's sister Amber was in the hunt area, but was visibly compromised by command, and they ended up in Charleston and are turning to distant contacts. Why did they go to Charleston? That just seems baffling to me. You have a conversation with Amber, who's in Charleston, talking about how close the hunters are, and then you go to Charleston anyway. I don't get that. But in an amazing piece of television, they seem to stumble across Charleston's one gang. (laughs) And I'm sure David knows people in that gang. (laughs) It probably does. Did I miss something? When was that? You know the guys who, um, who they borrowed the phone off? Oh, yeah. They visibly looked like they were in a gang. They looked a bit scary. They looked like the sort of people you would see on Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yeah. Well, thank goodness there was a camera crew with them, hey? It could be like Brazilian Amazing Race where uh, a team got mugged and the camera got stolen. I got a little bit confused in this segment. Was it just me? But she, she calls Meredith and gets Meredith's voicemail and says... I'm going to be calling, but it'll be on a random number. Make sure you answer. The very next second, she dials, someone answers, and it's Rebecca. It's a completely different person. I got totally confused there. I think she was just trying to ring anybody. Yeah, but it felt, I I thought they were setting up that she's ringing the same person back. Uh, I got very, very confused. Uh, Clearly, Meredith must come into it later because they also mention her in in the show. Otherwise, you could just cut cut that all together. But yeah, it was like, Meredith, Rebecca, who are you speaking to here? I know. Well, I was just thinking she was just randomly ringing a list of people and anyone she could get in contact with. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. She got a little bit overwhelmed when Rebecca turned up, don't you think? Just a bit. But, I mean, I suppose she's emotional, but 
I don't understand why she even contacted her. She hadn't spoken to her for 15 years. I wouldn't ring someone who I hadn't spoken to for 15 years, ask them to pick me up and stay with them. I find that bizarre. I mean, Michelle's ideal situation would be not speaking to her family for 15 years, but that's a completely different story. God, you're waiting to put things in, aren't you? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Oh, oh my Lord. Um, but yeah, 15 years. I just, yeah, there's yeah. people I went to uni with a long time ago. I, I wouldn't even have their number. Why would you have their number if you hadn't spoken to them for 15 years? And also, why would you be Facebook friends? Yeah. If she had, well, I don't know. I've got a few Facebook friends who are people I haven't seen since school. Yeah, but yeah, but you to. might say a couple of things on their Facebook every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between being Facebook friends with someone and actually speaking to them in the last 15 years. Yeah. No, but don't you call writing on a post speaking to them? Yeah. yeah. Communicating yeah. with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe that's maybe it's semantic. So maybe they've not physically seen each other or spoken to each other, but maybe they chat all the time on Facebook. Yeah, maybe. But either way, she got a little bit over-emotional about seeing this friend. You think? You kind of think, well, if it bothers you that much, why haven't you seen her for the last 15 years? And Commander fully aware that Henry VIII is the one in charge. Totally. Completely. Especially when the edit gives Pennywise about ten words. Yeah, I did. It did actually make the notes this week. I, I wrote the sentence: "He speaks at last." After <laughs> three episodes, we finally hear what his voice is like, yeah. and we get a few clues that leaders to believe that they're they're not winning. Like she feels fairly confident. Yeah, whenever anyone says they're feeling confident, you might as well just end their time in the room immediately. Yep, I think so. Um, and it certainly seems like Command have got a good handle on her. Her contacts, they're looking at the hospital, they're looking at the university, they think they're probably going to be close to the border because that's where her network is. It all looks to me like we're leading to a very, very early capture next week. Yeah. And I think it's time we hear a message from our sponsors. Indeed. What are you talking about? I'll, I'll do the advert. Yeah, <clears> you I, have to, I have to read it as as they provided it. Are you tired of eating at all right restaurants? Try Kanawai in Salford Keys, where you can be safe in the knowledge or have a great time. Kanawai, you'll never get better. I think that's what they wanted. What? Our friends what? over at Kanawai. Kanawai in uh, Salford Keys in Manchester said, uh, can we have a mention? And uh, they've offered us free food uh, whenever <laughs> we're in town. And seeing as Michael lives like half an hour away. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, back to the podcast. They could have at least provided the script of, are you hunting for a great meal? I know, but I did chat with them. I said, read it as you've provided. They said, yes, please don't deviate from the script. So there you go. So Arif and Imad are staying with Sam and Diane off of Cheers in uh, Kennesaw, Georgia. And they have fasted for three weeks at this point and are slightly grouchy. It's just a touch. Uh, that's good going. I've still got bags of respect for these guys. You know, it's going on the run is tough. Going on the run in Ramadan is ridiculous. And it says it all that even in the next scene where Imad breaks his fast, they don't treat it like a massive game-ending decision. No, no, no. The The way they portrayed it was, this is a health reason. It's Absolutely. understandable. 
Yeah, Did yeah. he break his fast by having water? Yeah, yeah. They can't have yes. food or water uh, during daylight hours yeah. during Ramadan. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I, I used to work with a guy who observed Ramadan, and um, it was really tough, especially when it comes in summer. So yeah, Imad breaks his fast and drinks water, but for health reasons, and we'll add a day on at the end of Ramadan. And the hunters get a call log for Sam Huff. Yeah, with, with as we said, great deduction skills, just looking for who's who's the link. Um, once they found one person, who do they ring? Who does the next person ring? It's, it's really good logic, and you've got to hand it to them. But did these scenes take place on the same day? I doubt it very much. <laughs> this could have happened days later. Yeah, could this have taken place on, I don't know, day 27? Yeah, of course it could. Of course it could. I want a little bit more transparency. That's the one complaint that I will share with the people bitching about this show. I want a little bit more transparency, please. Yeah. Um, I think you'll only get it if we get everybody leaving on the same day next season. Anyway, back to Pennywise and Henry VIII, and she thinks that Command will find Rebecca, so obviously rings her. And that is a really, really good idea, guys. Yeah. I'm just ringing you to see if it's possible that you might have been contacted by the Hunters. Yeah, last week I awarded about five MVPs. This week, I'm just going to award a stupid start <laughs> to, Penny- <laughs> to Pennywise and Henry VIII for this move. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Especially when we find out that Rebecca has been bothered at a shopping centre. Yeah, they've started stalking. We don't know that whether that's true or not, because that no, could just be don't. paranoia, couldn't it? Yeah. And you know what I was thinking? I actually wrote down here, I wonder if they actually had the conversations with the college friends when they first went on the run, and then they're showing it now. Because you'd never know, because the timeline's so mixed up, a lot of the conversations they could just bring in later when they'd actually t- spoken mm. earlier. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. They're getting caught anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to be the starter to the main course that will be Arafinia Mad getting caught. No, yeah. they're not getting caught. They're going to keep going. <sighs> I'm in two minds. But we are going to see some wanted posters next week. And, yeah, Pennywise says about ten words. And then there is the line of the episode for me. Yes, like the language. <laughs> yeah. Yes, what? that English. <laughs> when English is introducing oh, yes, herself to yes. new people, she does, yes, like <laughs> the language. And in the last bit of the episode... Alpha are sent after David and Emily. And Rifi, for some reason, talks about skinny pedals again. Of course. That's his thing. So that does explain who was responsible for the skinny pedal quote a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, 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 that one's confirmed. It was definitely Rifi. And um, Team Alpha do spot David and Emily. And Charlie are side by side. The plan is to run them out of petrol, basically. And make make them break down in the middle of the motorway. Because that'll be a great, safe idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, and this is where I noticed my strange quirky edit thing. I don't know if you, I doubt you would have spotted this because it was so dull. Um, you know, when they're talking over the phone and it's got like some sort of Skype type app, at the top of the screen there's a number, which looks like it's a phone number, but I don't think it has the right number of digits to be a phone number. And uh, the first time we see it, the number is 328-263-830. And then about two seconds later, it's one eight zero two six three two five zero. Just bring it out there. Mm. Kooky editing. Nerd. I know. Because uh, I wanted to see if it was a phone number. It was your fault because you said they, they put a phone number on the screen for ages last week. And I was like, this is a phone number. I'm going to look it up. It looks like it's nearly a phone number. I have a theory on what that phone number was, by the way. 
I can't remember whether I told you. I think it was Griff's. Yeah, I think because right. it would make sense for it to be in Lee's notebook at that time of the yeah. episode, and it would also make sense for them not to bother blanking it out because it won't exist now. Yeah, so that's fine. But yeah, these these numbers, the the first one, that three two eight two six three, does look like it's a genuine dial code for somewhere in America, um, somewhere in the hunt zone. But I couldn't narrow it down any further than that. The other number, I couldn't couldn't get anything on that. But anyway, definitely some editing shenanigans going on. Because even if it's not a phone number, it relates to something to do with the call. It does. So, David gets a bit cocky, and Emily spots Alpha, and they try and trick the hunters by trying to make them go off the motorway. Not realising that there is a second one, anyway. Yeah, and they, they go a bit odd in this sequence. They they spot they're being tailed, and then when they get the phone call, I don't, I just didn't understand David's reaction to that at all. And he's like, oh, they've got nothing on us. There's two cars behind you that you've already spotted, so we've surrounded you. Kind of sounds true to me, because there's two cars. One in front of you, one behind you. Weird. And um, they have another burner phone, which we've explained from the fact that they have about 30 of them. And Command gets the phone number, and Patrick Stump's evil brother uh, calls it and tells them they have, it sur- they have them surrounded. Yeah. We've not seen much of... Uh, Andy Patrick Stump's brother. No. Who is Patrick Stump? Lee Singer of Fallout Boy. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, okay. His original surname is spelt the same as uh, as Andy's is. Uh, it's very hard to say. Stump. Stump. No, it's Stump. Uh, you don't pronounce it. Yeah. It's got an F. Yeah, but that's why Patrick Stump changed his surname to Stump, as in without the F, was to help people be able to say it. Right. Uh, okay. I have the F there then. What um, nationality is it from? German. Right. Stumpf. And this is where I notice something really nerdy. Because you know the the big video screens when they're viewing a live capture, basically? Yeah. Mm. Did you notice the top left one is actually focused on them? No, didn't. Why, so why is there a camera on them? Exactly my point. <laughs> why on earth do they need to see themselves on a camera? <laughs> <laughs> That's either vain or a waste of a good camera. I'm not sure which. That's <laughs> weird. I mean, they've got a camera in there anyway. Presumably it's a monitor of what the hunters would be able to see so they can make sure that they're in shot. So, mm. that when, so when they're taking it of the shot of the phone inside the car, they'll know that they're, they were on it right. But still, why? What? Why? That was funny. Some people will be saying, why is Michael noticing this stuff? <laughs> They'll be going, why? Yeah, as I've previously mentioned, I don't watch the front of scenes. You guys watch the front of the scenes. I watch the back of scenes and try and notice stupid shit in the background. So instead of that, why weren't you searching out the numbers on the top of the Skype call? Because I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> I was I was watching the background to see whether I could spot continuity errors or silly stuff happening in the background, people making faces or... Yeah. That sort of thing. So you're going to tell me you haven't figured out where Choco Loco Park is? No, but it does sound like the sort of thing that would probably be in a children's TV programme. Doesn't it? It's a weird, weird thing. Probably with the the theme tune of Chocolate by Soul Control. <laughs> choco Choco Clap Clap, Choco Choco Slap Slap. Everybody loves a chocolate. <laughs> and it is spectacularly impressive that I can still remember that. <laughs> That's probably from your childhood, isn't it? And 
Griff promises that he will give David and Emily a cuddle, which from his behaviour with Lee on social media is definitely not out of character. (laughs) No. He's really funny. I love Griff, actually, because Griff is playing into a lot of Lee's jokes. I think he is. The- he's really playing off, and um, I was having a bit of banter with him today because um, I was saying that uh, how did it start? Oh, someone someone said they were surprised that David and Emily went because they had them as nailed nailed on to win, and I said no, the team that's nailed on to win is still going. And Griff was like, "And who is that?" I said, "Well, obviously, Lee and Hilmar." And he's like, "Well, you you don't think the Teen Wolf team's going to win, do you?" Oh, poor David and Emily. I know. Honestly, when they were going down the freeway highway and I wanted them to figure some way out, I was oh, my heart was racing. I just thought, you've got to do this, you've got to get out of this and they just didn't pull anything out of the bag. No. I had a little bit of faith in them that they would find a way to get out of it. But at the back of my mind I'm thinking they really aren't as good at this as Lee and Hilma. No. No. They were a little bit too predictable. Yeah, I was I was hoping they were going to get away, but then it got to the point where I was like, oh, there's only about seven minutes left of the episode and no one's got caught yet, so that's not looking good. But I was a little bit disappointed they didn't come up with anything crazy. You know, in the end, just pull off the freeway and, and run. It's just a bit dull. I mean, this is a guy who's escaped from helicopters, right? Surely he could come up with something better. And also, he looks pretty fit, would you say? He looks like he could yeah. probably run quite quick. And I don't want to cast aspersions, but how the hell did Griff catch him? Maybe Griff is way more athletic than we thought. But certainly way more athletic than he looks. Because I think I'm reasonably confident that Buck is the slower of the pair because that's why he went after Emily. Yeah, but, you know, given David had a little bit of a head start, not a lot, but he's got a few yards on him and he looks mm. like he could probably move pretty quick, that's quite an impressive chase now. And why didn't he run... When there wasn't, uh, you know, a CV in the rear vision mirror. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't mm. find a safe place to stop. Mm. Mm. Or maybe it's all fake and actually scripted. Yeah. Uh, so Rifi admits they've fallen for a lot of stuff from David and Emily, which is true, but not nearly as much as Lee and Homer. That is very true. And ultimately the calendar came to nothing, which is really odd because they went all out on keep showing the calendar and it was like it was going to be some big reveal at the end. I feel a little bit cheated on the calendar, to be honest. Maybe there was some stuff with the calendar we didn't see. Could be. Maybe it would have paid. If they'd have won, maybe it would have been more important. I don't know. And Alpha and Charlie do have their GoPro harnesses on, which always make me giggle whenever I see them. Yeah, I like to see a good GoPro harness. Alpha have eyes on, David and Emily split, and they're both caught. Ooh. But... In the moment of the episode, Griff slightly gets the catchphrase wrong. Does he? I didn't notice that. Did you not notice this? He says, and I quote, David Wintershire, your time on the run is up. <sighs> oh. Griff. So Griff makes a slight biff of it. Oh, dear. <laughs> Griff biff. No, I didn't notice that. I did notice that Buck got it right. Yeah, but got it right, but then we, we ended the episode with Griff slightly getting it wrong. Oh. Griff, Griff, Griff. Your big scene. He gets a sad trombone from me for that. So next time, it's the finale. The wolves are confident. 
Arifinimad are in the middle of nowhere, and Pennywise and Henry VIII decided to screw everything up by contacting Amber. Because her saying no last week definitely means yes. Yeah, we knew Amber was going to get a a comeback, didn't we? We could tell that from the minute she was introduced. And we've got a call intercept, so what we're thinking, pick them up while they're with Amber? Almost certainly, because Amber's going to be under monitoring. She's the only family member in, in the hunt zone. And on top of that, they know that, that Pennywise and Henry VIII have rung her twice already. Yeah. And she's already said, don't contact me, you divvies. Yeah, so capture within 14 minutes for those two. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get, um, we didn't get anything well. to in- indicate that Arif and Imad are getting caught. And I thought there might be something. So with the other two teams, so we've got a little bit on... Have they tracked um, Lee and Hillmar's car? That could be a potential worry. We've got the call for English and Stephen. We don't get anything for Arif and Imad other than they really want to win. But, may I point out, before Centre and Two's elimination episode, we saw nothing of them in the preview. No, that's true. Before David and Emily's episode of getting captured, we didn't see anything that would lead us to believe that they would get captured. Yeah. I would be pleasantly surprised if they win. I would be ridiculously surprised if Pennywise and Henry VIII win. Oh, God. And I would be ridiculously surprised if Lee and Hilmar don't win by flipping off the Hunters. Yeah, I think they're still nailed on. Uh, I'm I'm in two minds about the other two teams, which is good. I'm really pleased about that, because the last thing I wanted was going in finale and knowing what was going to happen. So I'm more more on board with Arif and Imad winning than I was this time last week, and also Pennywise and Henry VIII. Not by much, but they've made it to the finale, and, you know, good on them. I would put more money on Lee and Hilmar channeling sugar from Heroes vs. Villains and giving the Hunters a topless double flip-off than I would put on Pennywise and Henry VIII winning. Yeah, Mm. same. Jeez. I don't know why we had to have that visual, but yes. <laughs> because it is one of the greatest survivor visuals of all time. Is Sugar winning the challenge after Sandra has ripped her bikini top off and giving them a topless double flip off? It's either that or a make a social network reference. So, you know, the, the Sugar um, analogy is better, I think. Okay. Radio. So, is there anything else to say? No. No, I don't think so. Um, looking forward to the finale. I think it's going to be fun. I hope they can put enough enough tension into the Lee and Hilmar story to make it fun. And I'll know basically as soon as I wake up on Thursday morning whether I'm going to be really happy with the episode or whether I'm going to be absolutely devastated all day till I watch it. Yeah. So, thank you for listening to this Hunted podcast. You can join us next Sunday for our final Hunted recap of the season. I cannot believe it's already here. And actually, we'll have done more podcasts about this series than we did the last UK one. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or on Twitter pages, MJR's done for me, Bulls Boy for Anthony, and Bear three 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 to the power of three for Michelle. And with that, your time in the run is over. Till next week, when we'll be probably doing our final recap until Amazing Race starts in April. Woohoo! Woohoo indeed.